What's tea, y'all? I know some of you are out there right now having a hard time, having problems in your relationships, having trouble with life, or maybe you're on social media swiping and swiping, thinking, why can't that be me? Why can't I do that? Well, I'm here to let you know that you can. This is Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett, where we not only help you create your own story, but we let you tell yours too. Let's get into it, y'all. Good, y'all. So I'm back again with another podcast, as always. I have a special guest now, someone that I've known for years, um, and I want her to, you know, introduce herself. So here she is. What's up, everybody? My name is Crystal Tamar, recording artist. I know Terrell from my Sophia Fresh days. Yes. So I'm a recording artist, voiceover artist from Texas, now I'm Cali. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. Remember Sophia Fresh from Dane? It's been that long, actually. When you think about it, yes. Um, I, but I did want to just to refresh people's memory, um, just in case they may have forgotten. You may have um, heard Sophia Fresh from maybe this song. Give me a second. I'm about to cue it right now. Yeah. T-Pain, Sophia Fresh. I'm super fast, super fast. CeeLo Green. I'm working, I'm a try. You know what it is. Come on. I'm super fast. I'm super fast. They want some of my McLovin'. Okay. I'm super fast. I'm super fast. People pushing and a shoving. Or this one. song came out rihanna stated that this is one of her favorite songs so maybe you guys might remember this hard no to this day so no <laughs> tell us how it's been since you know the group disbanded and you guys have gone your solo ways and it's been dang 10 10 9 10 years yeah it doesn't seem yeah, like that long we, but it's been actually, a minute it's been a minute we actually sought a release from a record label and finally got it in 2011 so yeah it's been like Crazy. Yeah, crazy it's been good though it's been a process you know um everything from no longer living where sophia fresh used to live we were we actually moved like nine times in three years but um we were we were mainly located in atlanta so making the transition from living there and now all of a sudden we're all living in our own spaces and trying to figure out what we're going to do with these voices 
it's been a learning experience, but um, everybody's been on their own journey and everybody's thriving. You yes. know, Sophia Fresh was a really nice launch pad for us all. Definitely true. So what, what would you say has been the, the, the biggest struggle since since then? Ah, finding your own sound, you know, because there is a certain part of uh, being in a group where, you know, we know our image, you know, that's very well defined. Uh, we know our mu- ourselves musically. We know what producers and writers and stuff we like. And now, after doing that so long and going so hard in it, it's like, wait, so what do I sound like when I'm by myself? Or what kind of content do I want to, you know, sing about? Just finding your own voice has been an interesting journey. It's still very much so inspired by Sophia Fresh because being in the group and working with pain as long as we did. I realized I really like heavy 808 bass with vocals. Like that's something I've taken with me since that time. But after that, yeah, just kind of exploring and allowing yourself to kind of rise and fall and say, nah, that ain't it. And go back to the drawing board. That's been the most challenging part. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so with the release of your project, um, what, what have you learned that you didn't learn in Sophia Fresh? really get the jitters bad when it comes to recording. I realize that performance is, I love performance more than I love actually going into the recording studio because you get all in your head and you start overthinking things. And when I had the girls with me, you know, you kind of pump each other up when you go in the booth, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, come on, you got this, this show first, do it. You know, when you're by yourself, you're like, Uh, You're second guessing everything. And then the bar is already so high with those great records um, that I did with Sophia Fresh that it's like, man, no, this, it needs to be right. It needs to sound as if you're evolving, you know, and not staying where you are. So yeah, I found out that recording for me is really, I just, I'm sweating, I'm shaky. You know, it (laughs) takes a while for me to warm up to get where I need to be. It's interesting. Yeah. So it's Black Music Month right now. And yes. so, yes, yeah, so which is amazing. What can you say, like, who are some of your influences that that still, like, you know, impact you today? Uh, so back in the day, I first started off singing in a girl group with my sisters and my cousin. We had this whole little Jackson 5 thing going on. My dad put us all together in a group when he saw us. Uh, dancing to music videos on TV. And the main group that we loved was In Vogue. And they were super classy, could sing their behinds off, and their choreography was just so tight. To this day, those women kill it. But they were a really big influence for me. Um, Just stage presence and, and, um, and just the the way that they use their vocals, which is a bit different than the way they use vocals now in R&B music. Um, They really just went for it and just didn't, you know, they didn't mind like belting. Now we kind of got like this little groove. We're like, everything is kind of easy listening. It's nice. But uh, yeah, In Vogue was huge for me. Um, Eventually I started to get into like Yolanda Adams. I love Yolanda. And gospel music and, and just watching that diva use her throat the way she does and 
gosh, it's so many. You can name all the girl groups too. You know, yeah. you got SWE, Escape. You can Did you watch the versus battle? List. Oh my gosh, yes. And they were did you watch it? Yeah, yes. Definitely. I mi- so I missed it the day of because I had took the COVID shot. Yeah. And I was out of commission. <laughs> but I was able to watch it back on YouTube and like people were texting me like, oh my God, look at this shade and all this other stuff. But I watched it back and I'm just like, oh, they was singing down. Like when They were ready. Yes. They it was a performance. <laughs> Um, they they were ready to go, baby. Hair, makeup, yes. like they were ready to go. SWV kind of got into their groove a little bit. Yeah, at the end, once they were there, you couldn't take them. Yeah, back. but when when uh Escape did um was it? Do you want Do you want me? And Latasha Scott got up off the stage. I was like, oh, <laughs> she wanted everybody to know she still got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our, uh, Sophia Fresh's our hairdresser from Atlanta did Tasha's hair for that, and he kept playing that clip of her. Yes, when she was in her group. That hair was going. <laughs> she was getting it. She was in her whole zone. So I, I watched the other day. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet. That new show called um, the Encore on BET with the uh, girl groups from Seven O Two, Cherish, Black. Um, Danny D. Kane, who else is in there? Total. Yes. Um, and Total. yeah, like I think that it's going going to be interesting, but I did not realize the Cherish twins was Shady Boots. <laughs> oh my gosh! Good for TV like, though. The... It is. <laughs> they gonna love it. They gonna get them a spinoff. Yes, you know, definitely. I didn't even start watching it from the beginning when I caught. It. I was like, "Oh, what's this? What a great idea!" <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. They kind of throwing, you know, gas on the fire. Like <laughs> Too much. But could you see yourself doing something like that? Like getting put into, I mean, because I mean, it's not going to be something that they're doing for forever. It's just, you know, for that moment or whatever, just put out a project. Right. Could you see yourself doing something like that? Or or would you be completely done with girl groups? You know, I think I've had my girl group era <laughs> already. I think, um, so, you know, I told you my sister started mm-hmm. off with that. Mm-hmm. Then I had maybe like three girl group, uh, two to three girl groups in like grade school, high school, you know, talent shows. Uh, did it in college uh, and started to move up more to the professional level um, and, and working with, you know, professional producers and whatnot. And then came Sophia Fresh, which was just the icing on the cake. I really don't feel like you can get any better than that. Yeah. But uh, it, it helped me grow in the ways that I needed to. And, um, and it also offered a bit of like, you know, like I said, just, just working uh, in general with people when you're creating things from scratch was really great for your confidence, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that era is over for me. I, yeah. I really do. I think that, um, I think I'm getting to the age where I got too many like things that is like, no, I, I have to do this this way. And I have to do that, do that that way. And that's not what girl groups are about. It's about yeah, compromise in order to make it work. And it's not fair to everybody else if you're set in your ways. I'm just honest enough to say, you know what? <laughs> I am real set in my ways. And especially after finding, you know, what my niche is and my voice is, um, I wouldn't want to put that on somebody else to have to maintain. If that makes that sense. makes sense. That definitely does make sense. I know I was talking to Sky the other day in regards to it, and I was saying that I felt like see uh, if Sophia Fresh was kind of ahead of the time. If you guys would have came out now, you guys would have killed. 
Yeah. Uh, you guys. I was thinking that too. Yeah, like you guys came out on the telev when girl groups were like on the decline. Yeah. Um, and there were so many different girl groups at that time, from like Rich Girl, um, you know, and all these other great girl groups that are all talented. You guys all did have your different lanes, but it just nobody was buying into girl groups at that time. Like, or not even the exactly. people. It was more so the labels. I feel. Um, if you had yes. enough money behind backing them or, you know, it's easy to make something work. Look at Fifth Harmony. No shade to Fifth Harmony, but I'm just saying, you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, on it. yeah, but to transition just a little bit, um, with everything that happened last year with the presidency, as well as, uh, the whole George Floyd and everything that's gone on, how has that changed you or how has that shaped you to the person that you are now oh my gosh i think i'm i'm a little more uh, aware of people there was a there was so much about 2020 that puts you on edge especially as a person of color um, i felt like every time i stepped outside the door i'm just thinking about my safety and wondering what i'm gonna see today what i'm gonna hear today what kind of looks i'm gonna get today and it really put me on edge, but it it sent me straight to my prayer room because I had to spend a lot of time praying about some of those things because you could very easily get um, a very tough, you know, shell coming out of situations like that. And I don't think God wants that for us, you know. Um, I think there's a certain realization of, you know, a lot of the race issues that we still have to fix we need to know that and we need to walk accordingly. We need to stand up and do what we need to do. But at the same time, don't make everybody your enemy. Yeah. You know, that's not what it, <laughs> that's not what it's about. And uh, so it helped me um, become more aware of that and aware of my feelings and how I, what information I take in, what information I give out to other people. It's very important to, you know, Gosh, just self-care and mental health is everything. That has to be like the biggest lesson of 2020. Yes. George Floyd. Ugh, election season. Wasn't it just like roller coaster? Just it really was. Up and down. Like, okay, we I think we good. No, we ain't good. <laughs> and did that affect your music career? Because I know that right before you had released your project and then COVID happened and everything was shut oh. down. Absolutely, it did. We had shows on the calendar and we had, we were set to release uh, my third single, Serenade, and shoot the video for it, but all that came to a stop. I, I really do trust God's timing, but you're like, as you're thinking to yourself, okay, I gotta make, still gotta be creative, still need to pay bills, yeah. you know? And, um, but just be encouraged. Again, that, that prayer room is, everything <laughs> because uh, somehow some way 2020 caused you to like okay no maybe this is an opportunity for me to work a little bit more on my um like my editing so that i can be my own engineer from home that's awesome it, it caused you to kind of be say okay i need to be a little bit more self-sufficient and not reliant you know on outside things in order for me to do what i need to do so there were some some jewels in there yeah i i, I started this podcast <laughs> in the midst of the pandemic i never in it, yes i never thought that i would uh even have a podcast it's not something that i wanted to do at 
right before the pandemic, I did a podcast with one of my friends. Him and I went on to somebody's podcast and we did a show. And I was like, oh, I really liked, like, I really, really liked it, you know? But I never thought that I would be doing this right now. And um, two two of my friends, my photographer that you met, Adrian, and um, a hairdresser that I know, um, was telling me that, like, rooting for me to do something like because the guy wanted me to help him with his stuff and I'm like oh yeah I can do that like I I'm used to helping people create whatever they want to create um and I'm good at that it's not always about what you know but if you know who can get in you know all that other stuff I'm good with that um and they're like no you could definitely do it yourself and I'm like no no like and I'm just thinking of everything that's going into it and I'm like psyching myself out so finally I was just like you know what I'm gonna try it And when I tell you, when I finally decided to do it, everything came so easy. Like, it was, like, meant to be. Like, I got a mic for free. I got, like, everything. I was just like, oh, like, there was no reason not to do it at that point. Um, And then, yes, and then the start of this year, I relaunched it, changed the name, because I I wanted to go a different direction, and I wanted to make it more so. Um, Create your own story. Just because, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, my life coach business is now called Create Your Own Story to be able to find your journey to freedom. Hashtag Michelle Williams, because I stole that from her. Um, but um, yeah, and it's all about that. And I've been able to have guests on that have like really like opened up and said what they've been through. And I want people to see that like, just like you, you're out there living your dreams. There's people like they can do that too, basically. There's nothing, in, in a sense, different from you than them, just that you're out there going and getting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, you're actually a natural, Terry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are so good at doing this. So I'm, I'm glad that you stepped out on faith. And see, yes. this is meant to be. Exactly. It was meant to be. Keep so before going. we continue, I do want to play one of your songs. Um, so this one is Give Me That. You got me feeling, 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 I need, I need, I need that. Come in and play, boy, let me see that. So good, so good, keep bringing me back. It's so pure, can't no one beat that. Got me itching for a hit, so baby, take me to the ceiling, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wanna see a murder, baby, kill it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, you got that good and I'm addicted, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't give it to me, I might have to steal it, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm saying it. Give me your drug, I need your drug. Give me that drug, gotta have your drug. The side that you're giving me is the best I ever had. You got me feeling like a drug game. Give me that, y'all. You can get that off of Crystal's project that is out right now on all uh, streaming platforms. Self-titled, yep. Crystal Tamar. And again, that was Give Me That. So what was the recording process like for that record? Or what brought, you know, what made you want to record that in? Uh, that record came out of nowhere. Um, I've done a lot of 
records on the album with a writer out of LA, out of LA named Raquel Delore. And she is just incredible. She was playing a couple of records and this one immediately, I looked at my manager and I was like, yeah, we got to do that. And, <laughs> and, and even for the content that I wanted to go for, I thought this would just be all just classic R&B on this album. I was like, no, that's going to be the one where I need to step out of my comfort zone and just, you know, get, get grimy, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was tough for me. I actually really loved just the metaphor in it and just comparing it to love being like a drug, being mm -hmm. addictive. And I really wanted that type of creativity on the album. Um, I was a little nervous about saying drug cause I didn't want people <laughs> to get that the wrong way. And when I tell you we recorded this record like two or three times, because we were, I was very on the fence about that part. I, I didn't know how that would come across, but um, we decided to take the S off of drugs because it was going to be drugs with the S. Give me your yeah. drugs. I need your drugs. And I was like, what do we say? Give me your love. I need your love. And they were like, no, it's not, it's not the same kind of metaphor thing. And yeah. I was like, uh, and somebody was like, well, take the S off because maybe that would just make them think like, I don't know, that would make them conceptualize it more of what it is she's talking about and not think about the drugs, you know, drugs themselves. So that's what we ended up doing, um, recorded it a couple of times. And the last one we were like, all right, that's money. Let's yeah. go with it. So would you say that love is like a drug? It is. It is. When I met my boo, <laughs> it was very unexpected. And, um, I could not put my finger on what it was that made me like, he's cute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's, he's interesting. He's, he's like mysterious almost. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And my sister was with me the night that I met him. And she was just like, he was cool, huh? I'm like, yeah, he was cool. <laughs> Actually, on the uh, EP, we have a skit right before uh that is playing out the real life scene of me meeting my husband and it was that call the next day that was like i'm still thinking about old dude from yesterday you know like he was cute and it was like oh you into him like that you know <laughs> and i wanted to be able to paint that picture that real life picture of what it's like when you you see someone that is so meant for you you know yeah and yeah, you just, you got to have you like, I, I don't know why, but I'm going with it. Like, what, what you got for me? Lord? Yeah. I want to say something right now, but it's personal to me. I don't care telling you, but I don't want the person to hear it. So I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Oh, dang. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you after when we get off. <laughs> but yeah, no, I can, okay. I can. Don't yeah, no, I'm not. I can. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? But uh, just threw me off. <laughs> Too. Nah, <laughs> too funny. Don't do me. Uh, <laughs> but what I was gonna say is that I um I get a lot of backlash for this because I believe, and I'm gonna say this right, that love is overrated. And what I mean by that is that when we think of love as kids, we think of like Disney Channel movies and going all this, you know, and we uh, take out like the, the the pain that comes with it sometimes. Um, 
and it and sometimes it can be painful and then like there's people that you meet sometimes and like you know you love them they love you but they love you wrong because they don't really know how to love and then it's all stems from their childhood and then you have to deal with their baggage and stuff have you had to experience any of that where you had to in a sense like let somebody go that you did love but you knew that it it you know that it's past its course Yes, I feel like I've dealt with that more with uh, friendships. I have too. Um, <laughs> you have too. Definitely. Love is love. And you swear, it, it's so confusing because you can look at someone and you say, no, not like they really love and care for me because, and you can recall incidents, things they mm-hmm. did for you, uh, things you've done together, memories and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, well, why would they do that? Yeah. That doesn't say love. Like that, I, I can't. I can't just fly with that, you know? And you're absolutely right, life coach. (laughs) It all comes from our experiences, and you have to extend a certain amount of grace. Grace. I'm so glad you used the word grace. That's my word of the year. I swear. It's just, it's perfect. It's it's a perfect definition, you know, because it's loved a little wrapped up in there, but you have to leave room for the fact that you don't know their story and you don't know their motives all the time, but it's also okay that if that person is continuing to hurt you, you can love them with a 10 foot pole. Yes. You know, like I'm going to love you right over there, sis, because you got some work to do and I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try to overthink it, but you're going through something and it's hurting me in the process. So, you know, you call me when you need me or, you know, (laughs) it's fine. But yeah, very much. I feel like I've experienced that more with friendships than love, love. But people go through it in relationships all the time. Yeah, I always say to people too that um, all relationships are the same. Just the level of and type of intimacy that you have with them is just different. Because of course, you're not going to be going messing around with messing. Well, at least I hope you're not messing around with your friends. But but you need to treat all relationships the same. The same that you put nurture into a relationship, you need to do that with your friendship as well as your family members and so on and so forth. Your family members, yes, yes. Um, and I've yeah, and sometimes and it's okay to let go of people, even people that are in your family. I mean, I've had to to do that myself because you know absolutely. uh, And it's not like. And I feel that people think that like like oh that person's so selfish, but at a at, at a point, yeah, they may be selfish, but like it may be good for them to be selfish because again, we don't know what they've been through before and everything that they've allowed. So this them being selfish could really just be them putting a wall up. Absolutely, that is, ooh, that yeah. is dead on. Yes, and that's they where grace comes in. What they're going through. Exactly, and at the and at like twenty twenty is like perfect example like everybody's going through something i was watching um this episode of married to medicine the other day and one of the girls is all like was basically trying to say like um like we shouldn't be fighting like everything in COVID's happening and, and the other girl was like um my husband deals with COVID. he's a doctor and everything i'm just like she totally missed what she was saying like it. like solely totally missed it all she was saying is life's too short we shouldn't be fighting over nothing and then that turned into a fight. I hate when that happens. Yes. And I find that all the time with with people. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to say something to just kill the thing. And I'm just like, you just missed everything I was trying to say. 
in our it's fighting. It's such a shame because then you don't want to say it again. It needs to be said again, but you don't want to say it again because they're clearly in another state of mind at yeah. the moment. And it's it's really unfortunate. Some progress could have happened. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to play another song. One of my Ooh. favorites. This one that. is You Gonna Love Me. Up for seven days, given I'm weak. You got a lot to say if it's bad. Don't speak. Cross around my neck and my wrist on fleek. I got a lot of things, but don't break. Not me, no, no, no. Baby, I got something for you. I got that fire all the time. This ball, any you think, any you do, really ain't next to so good <laughs> oh my gosh it does my I love absolute it. favorite yes and then you did a video for that one as well so y'all can check that out on youtube yes, right now which was so much fun yeah what was it what was it like did you uh do the creative process yourself or did you have treatments or what was it like creating that video yes i created the treatment myself and because the record was birthed out of this Okay, I had no intentions on being cocky on my <laughs> album. But when we heard that same record from Raquel Delore, uh, again, looked at my manager like, oh, this is the one, you know? Uh, this is that anthem that you need to kind of, you know, pop yourself up. You, you, can, you can literally um, think about, you gonna love me about anything in life, you know? Anything yeah. you're going for. It's like, no, they gonna love me. I got this. They gonna love me. And that's what was going through my head. So uh, to answer your question, yes, I did do a video treatment um, and around that whole idea of just, all right, this is the time to pump yourself up, even geek yourself up, Crystal, give yourself permission to be confident and just stand up and say, yeah, they're going to love you. When you put this, this album out, they're going to love you. So let's, yeah, let's, let's put a little throne, let's put a little white, throne in the middle of the set and you sit on it and you just you just chill like yeah they gonna love me and yeah so I did that with Storylit Films submitted the treatment he got the the concept immediately I knew we had to we had to really dance on this one mm -hmm. so Fear Fresh was really great about um, pulling in the dance community it was it was unintended but it actually just organically happened because of the song and when I heard this song I'm like I see dancers. We need dancers all over this, and we want we want this to take off in your local dance studio, you know. So we got some dancers. I had some dancers from the Bay Area 
and we had so much fun on set. It was just a blast. That's awesome. So t- talk to, to us about your um, your voiceover career. Oh, okay. So oddly enough, my voiceover career started in my time uh, with Sophia Fresh. Uh, what happened was uh, T-Pain did this special with a cartoon network called Freaknik the Musical. It was him, it was Snoop Dogg, it was Lil Wayne, it was a whole cast of characters. And he asked Sophia Fresh if we would like to do voices on it. So we did, um, which brought to my memory, oh, I used to wonder about this. Like when I was a teenager, I remember hearing about voiceover work and the money wasn't bad either. (laughs) (laughs) And so we went in the studio and we did that and I gave it some thought over time. Um, And I thought to myself, this would be the perfect career for a a musical recording artist because I know recording well, I know editing, I'm familiar with that. Um, I know what it means to show up on the mic. Um, I just need a little bit more acting, you know, training put behind that. So I sent a, made a demo and I sent it to a friend of mine who is a voiceover uh, talent as well and asked what he thought if he thought it's something that I could do. And he was like, boo, go for it. He was like, absolutely. That started in, was that 2011 too? Yeah, 2011. And oh my gosh, Terrell, it's been like, it's taken off in ways that I could not have even dreamed. It is my bread and butter. It's what I get up in the morning and do, just go over to my booth and, um, in my pajamas and be whoever it is you want to be that day. You know, the jobs just, just really fill up my inbox. It's great. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Um, I'm sorry, my lip is bleeding. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but we good. We good. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. No, what you should see is my knee. So my, I might look young, but I'm 33. So... I thought it would be a good idea to get yeah. some roller skates and skate, you know, because, you know, I still look young. I still got it. <laughs> and, and I was going downhill and I didn't know how to stop on the skates or slow down. And I ran into a, a bench, busted my whole knee up. I didn't fall. No. But it was like either hit the bench or hit this guardrail. But I was afraid if I hit the guardrail, I'd hit it too hard and I'd flip over it. And it was ocean. Right. And I can't swim. So I was like, I, I got to go to the bench. Busted my knee open to the, today. yeah, to the white meat. I was bleeding out all crazy. And I, so I had a uh, scarf in my bag. So I wrapped it around so it wouldn't bleed through my pants, you know. And my friend's like, oh, tight, really tight for like a tourniquet. And I'm like, I'm, my, I don't need an amputation. Like, it's just a little cut. Like, I don't need a tourniquet. <laughs> like, but yeah, moral of the story is act your age, you know. <laughs> How fast were you going on the rollerblades? I I don't know. At least a good five to seven miles per hour. And that doesn't seem fast, but for a person, that is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just going, and then she ended up falling, too. All I hear was this, ah! Boom. (laughs) It was funny, though. Uh, All I wanted to do was not fall. Yes, my knee is like I can't even sit, and then I I can't do. My friends like let's go to the gym tomorrow. I'm like, well, we can't do legs, like (laughs) no leg day, arm day. Yes, Um, but yeah, 
So I'm gonna get back out, out there on these skates, okay. though. I'm gonna, per, you know, perfect it and you know learn how to stop. Um, but with that, like, how do you stay? How do you stay in shape? What do you What do you do to you know? I'm the worst. I don't do much <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> I try to talk myself into going for jogs twice a week. But for the most part, I swim. I've been swimming a lot over the last, let's see. I recently uh, bought a home with a pool. Oh, that's and cool. so these California summers hit, you'd be ready to jump in the water. And so I've just been doing a lot of, you know, swimming or um, when it comes vacation time, you're just snorkeling and things of that nature. Not much at all. My go-to used to be just to dance, just to take crazy dance classes mm -hmm. over and over. It keeps me going um, creatively and it, you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about exercising when you dance. It's That's just true. working all kinds of muscles. And I was kind of used to doing that from the cheerleading and stuff before Sophia Fresh. And um, I'm like, that's my go-to. So when I don't want to think about exercising, just dance. Just take a dance class. And how'd you get into cheerleading? How 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 did that happen? I've always been that, you know, that uh, grade school cheerleader, you know, did that all throughout the years. And then when it came to professional, it's so weird. Um, my boyfriend, uh, husband now, uh, actually called me the night before the Houston Texans uh, cheerleading tryouts. And he was like, I just saw something in the paper. It was like the they're looking, they're having auditions tomorrow for Texans. I was like, and like you can't just jump into that. Women study those NFL teams yeah. for months, years sometimes. They go through this whole process of creating a outfit of your, you know, a, a very custom outfit and that has all these sparkly things and everything. I wasn't ready to do that the day before. I said, you know, let me pray on it. I, I thought about doing the Laker girls. I thought I would move to LA sometime after that. So I was like, oh, I was going to do that anyways. Let me pray about this and see what happens. Open up the Bible. I got to the verse that said, uh, the fastest runner don't always win the race. And I was like, what that mean? <laughs> what, what does that mean? So I'm not going to make it. Uh, I just started putting together a little outfit. Got my behind up in the morning, Terry and uh put together something and just drove my behind down to the stadium where there was 1500 women wow. all ready to try out i was so in over my head but god was with me and went through very gruesome rounds of uh of auditions for the houston texans and made it thank god was there for three years it was one of the best experiences of my entire life that's awesome so um, I asked this question to all my guests, and it's like my favorite question. I got this from K. Michelle's song um, off of one of her EPs, or I'm sorry, mixtapes, and it's uh, ten, the song's called 10 Minutes with God. So my question is, let's say you had 10 minutes with God. What would be the one question that you would ask him? Oh, that's a good one. Don't worry, everybody has a hard time I with this. Would, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? It's like it's so many things you could ask. I think I would ask him, I would want to know why. Okay, so when you read the Bible and you you read the Old Testament and you uh, you see all the great works that he did before people, they were very 
very out there, man. It was, he came to Moses in a burning bush, you know, he parted the Red Sea. Um, I believe there's a reason why God shows up in different ways these days. He shows up just as big, Mm -hmm. you feel it. But I would ask him, what would be the reason why he felt like we couldn't handle? That's a good question. those things because I honestly believe to myself if I keep thinking that if people saw some things Uh that they would be more inclined to say yeah you know God is out there now people who do believe we've experienced him in ways that absolutely you cannot say that that was not God you can you can walk outside and just look around and God is God you cannot deny that but I would want to know why it is that he doesn't show himself in the same ways that he used to in the ancient days. I really want to know that. That's a that's a really amazing question. No one's ever said that. I didn't even thought of that. But yeah, that's definitely true. And like I've had some experiences yeah. and I had a podcast like two weeks ago with my friend Jerry. And I, don't, I didn't speak about it on the podcast, but how we met, like I would see him at work because we worked together. And he'd uh, mm-hmm. always say hi to me. And I just, I thought it was strange. Like out of everybody here, why are you saying hi to me? But I say hi back. I'm not going to be mean. I'm going to be nice. And then I went to sleep one day. And in my dream, you know, I woke up and, like, I felt God telling me that I needed to be his friend. And, I, you know, it was wow. weird. So I go and I tell my other friend, um, Gladys, at the time, I'm like, Gladys, I was like, we need to find that Jerry dude. And she's like, wow. I was all like, you're you going to find this. You're going to think this is crazy. But God's telling me that I'm supposed to be his friend. And she's all like, okay. So we went, we looked for him, found him or whatever. We met him or whatever. Not knowing that he was so into church and he led like an adult ministry type thing. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. So it was like confirmation for me that like God wanted me to meet him because he goes to church and he he spiritual whatnot. Then fast forward two years, the pandemic happened. He lived with me for a little while and then he introduced me. Yeah. Introduced me to basically all these people and like the whole time of the pandemic I would go into their Friday ministry meeting I got back into church and everything so like it took some time but there it was it served a purpose like you know it was supposed to happen oh I love that and I love that you followed through like you didn't just I mean you could very easily blow it off and be like what was that yeah but you actually followed through Wow. Yeah, I know we probably, I mean, I don't know. I never asked him if he thought we were crazy, but like, I definitely went into that room. He was by himself. I'm like, yeah, we just want to say hi. I want to meet you. <laughs> like, thinking about it now, you I'm like, we could have. I didn't tell him Did at you the tell time. Him what led you to him? No, because I didn't know. Like, I thought he would think that it's crazy, but I didn't know at that time that yeah. he was even going to church or that he was so into it, you know? Um, but, yes. I, like, he knows now, but, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's a cool, like, it's a cool story to tell, you know? I love when that happens. Yes. God is so good. So my other question I have, um, courtesy of my friend Romeo, he um, asked this question to me, and I thought it was a good question. So if you can have a conversation with three people from any time period in life, what would who would you want that conversation to be with, and what would the conversation be? Ooh, three. Okay. Any time, like dead or alive. Dead or alive. I got to pull some people up from the Bible. I really do because, baby, once you get into the stories. Okay, you know the story about Joseph? Yes. And his brothers? Yes. That story always brings me to my knees. Um, and, and 
It does because, you know, obviously they didn't like Joseph. He was the younger, you know, brother. He was always, you know, dad loved him the best. And and he would always talk about how he had these dreams about how they were worshiping him and all this kind of stuff. And then his brothers got tired of him, ended up selling him into slavery. He ended up becoming this big, you know, this big head uh, of affairs for Pharaoh. And his family actually at that time needed to be fed. And he, because there was a big plague going on and he ended up being the one to, you know, feed them. Mm -hmm. I find that story so amazing, so much so that I would love to talk to Joseph for sure. I would want to ask him what made him like, um, he was in prison for a while because before he, you know, rose to that position. Mm -hmm. And I would just want to know what kept him and what, what kept them from holding a grudge, right? Because we have real yeah. people issues this day, these days. Like this is the type of stuff that you know. These stories are there for a reason because I think we're supposed to be diving into how how to deal with people issues, you yes. know. And um, he was so forgiving. I mean, they they your brothers <laughs> like sold you. Come on, dude. Like put you in a pit in the ground and left you there. It was the same. But anyways, I would ask Joseph um, what what led him to forgive, you know, and w- what kept him all those years. Because uh, being in that dungeon, I'd have been real salty. <laughs> uh, who else, Terry? Oh, anybody. Okay, this is weird. I've always had this fascination with JFK. <laughs> <laughs> The president, I thought he did some uh, pretty amazing things in his time that were, he was he was very much so ahead of his time yes. uh, as it relates to, you know, black folks and just looking out for us in, in ways that, you know, were dangerous for him. And ultimately, he led to his death. Right. I would love to get inside of his head. I don't know exactly what I would ask him, but um, his his courage really inspires me. Um, so I would love to sit and have a conversation with him. Who else? I feel like I feel like we need some some girl love in there somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh, Terry! Look, I, I want to say like, who, what, what what did other people say when they answered the question? No. <laughs> There's gotta be a girl. You know what? I'm going with Jesus. They're going to be like, oh, she Bible all day. <laughs> right? You know, you can't beat that. Like, That's true. There's no question he cannot answer. <laughs> I would love to sit down and kick it with Jesus and get out all my frustrations and and, and have every question answered that I've ever, you know, ever thought of. Yes. Um, I chose, who did I choose at the time? I don't remember who I chose. And every time I ask this question, I always think of different people. Like, oh, I actually want to have a conversation with them. But one of my tops would be Janet Jackson. The reason why is because, like, she's so private. And Janet Jackson is the type of person that, like, if she doesn't want you to know it, you ain't going to know it. And just how... Yeah, like, she's had so much training, and I've, like, watched interviews and, like, how, like, they ask her questions, and she just knows how to work around them. Like, if we could have a conversation where you just let it all out, and you did, like, especially just even centered around the Velvet Rope album. Like, because that 
talks about abuse and stuff that you went through. Who, like, who was you talking about? <laughs> you know, like just, yeah. And then you were with Jermaine Dupree for eight years, but it just didn't lead to marriage. Like what really went on that, you know? And like, yeah. and I remember seeing this interview recently where she was saying that, like she never wanted kids until she got into a relationship with Jermaine Dupree. Really? Yeah. Um, and now she has a kid, child, like, you know, and then just go through this other divorce. Like, you know, like I would want to pick her brain and then like to grow up with Michael and and your father and then the accusations that he's done all this stuff. Like you've been through some stuff and I know like she's written a mm. book, but like you didn't even put, you didn't even scratch the surface. Right. You didn't. Uh, so you read the book? I didn't, but I know she didn't scratch the surface. <laughs> you know she didn't address certain things in it. Yes. Huh? Good one. Yeah, but I don't know who else, but I know that I would definitely want to have the conversation with her. And then someone else asked me, it might have been my friend again, too, like if if we were back in, like, you know, the 50s or whatever, and there was the Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, what side would I be on? Uh-huh. And Ooh. and I'm like, well, I'm a lover at nature, um, so I've got to go, you know, with Martin Luther King, you know? Um, side of the things and I think that there's a big misconception about Martin Luther King like he was actually hated more than Malcolm X just because he yes. was like the voice of thing and then people think that he was all about peace but that's not necessarily all true like you know he wanted you to have peace but if that wasn't gonna be it then you needed to you know give him the business <laughs> in a sense my husband always says we have a saying in our family and it's Violence is never an option, but when it is, it's the only option. Exactly. So it's like when it's all said and done, like if there's nothing else you can do but defend yourself, you got to defend yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So I would definitely be on Martin Luther King's side of the thing, but I don't know if I, like, I mean, we have some of the same problems that they were having back then. And I think that like that Mm -hmm. takes so much courage to really go out there and be the, the face of, you know, all black people are the face of, you know, just equality. And I'm like, yes. I don't know if I had that in, had that in me yeah. to actually, you said I do. Me too. Yeah. You absolutely have it in you, by the way. You really do. But I, I feel the same way. I don't know. It. You don't know until you're in those moments. Like, yeah. I guess you would have to be angered. The George, George Floyd incident definitely angered me. Um, it also made me sad, you know, and, and just kind of, I'm almost, you know, you just kind of like curl up in a ball many of those days. So it's like, which one would I do? Yeah. In those moments. Yeah. And I've had like experiences and I like, I remember I was at a grocery store and the manager was uh, like belittling the, the associate like in front of me and it angered me. And I'm like, and I didn't do anything. I left. And after I left, I'm like, why didn't I say something? Like if I would have spoke up for him, like it would, you know, and I'm like, okay, next time I'm definitely going to do that. Granted, I haven't had that experience since, but like, I'm like, I'm going to do, yeah. I'm going to do better next time. Cause that was a perfect opportunity, you know, to speak for the people that we necessarily are so can't. Much alike. Yeah. <laughs> it's so many, mo- I can't tell you how many times a week I come home and I'm like, I should have said this. Yeah. I should have did this, you know? And maybe it was just that moment was for you to be aware of things like that. And then next time when it's really meant for you to say something, yeah. Nobody's stopping it. Yeah, so I, I can't wait for that. So before I end the podcast, I do have a question that's super, super random. Um, what what do you um think about horoscopes and everything? Do you find those things to be 
true or do you think it because i'm a believer in god first but i then i see these horoscopes and i read stuff and i'm like well, that's actually kind of accurate too and if god made me why couldn't he even made this too like he obviously did you know so i'm just like right. yes no that's a good question actually I, I was thinking about that the other day because i have quite a few people on my like facebook timeline who are devout Christians and you'll see, you'll see some horoscopes, you know, go down. Um, it does seem uncanny sometimes that when people talk about uh, signs and whatnot, that some things really align. Um, I always, I, I stay away from horoscopes because um, biblically it yes. just tells me, Hey, just don't, don't get wrapped up in this. Um, what I find interesting though, is it doesn't address it as like, you know, real fake, whatever. It just says, stay away from this, stay away from psychics, stay away from mediums. Don't get wrapped up in this. I think it, I think it, God knows that we can, we can start putting our trust in something else yes. more than him. And he's not a Scott. He don't, he don't play that, yeah. you know, he don't play that because it's true too. Not just ego. It's like, no man, look, I made you. Let me tell you what the deal is and keep you from going around in circles. So I tend to stay away from it for that reason alone, where it's just like, oh, okay, that kind of sounds like me. Yeah, but you know who know me better than anybody else? Yeah. You know, my, my creator. So I try to stay away from it for that reason. And um, we're, we're always, you can't help but to ask yourself, like, okay, if 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 they know everything in, in these horoscopes, why aren't we basing everything exactly. on, on why Why aren't we, you know, going to this for absolutely everything and there's something wrong with that you know so yeah for that reason i try to stay away yeah i know i feel it i am um, not knowing you know yeah i think that it's cool to see characteristics but leave it at that <laughs> i'm not gonna make right. no life decision said about that right what was that it's something to be said about that, right? That that a lot of people have similar characteristics. I yes. think that's a real thing. Yes, and I think that like I was I was on TikTok and I wish if I can find the video again, I'll send it to you because it was basically this girl basically proving that like not to like put all your hopes into horoscopes, but God is real, you know? And uh-huh. and she was like basically denouncing not necessarily denouncing horoscopes and stuff that in that matter but she was basically saying that like if god created me then obviously and he created this world it means he created the stars which means that when he created us he probably aligned it somewhere like this and people that don't think god's real because why you know the big bang theory and everything and it's like well he created all this stuff so obviously he wanted to you know and the difference now is that like once we're not the first people on this earth. So right. they've been wiped out before, tried to get, you know, and you know, you know what I'm saying? So like now he's, yep. she was basically saying, so why wouldn't he want to participate in something that he created? And you know, and that's where prayer comes into. And then you can talk to, like, I have to find it and I'll send it to you. But it was really good. And I was like, oh, oh dang. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, that's very well said. So what, well, before I go, into this next last question I'm going to ask you. Let me play my favorite song off the project, which is the new single. What is it? You already know what it is. <laughs> Serenade. So let's get into that. Yes. Let's do it.
singing on that one. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, yeah, that's my favorite. Like, that's one of those songs that you can just stay on repeat. Like, you got to hear it at least twice once you hear it the first time. You got to hear it again. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I wanted to hear when we were creating that Yeah, I'd love that record. And I believe you had told me that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mike and John wrote that record from um, One Chance? Yeah. Yes, Mike and John from the group One Chance used to be signed to Usher, signed to Payne when we were with Payne. Uh, they they uh, call themselves the Gordon Brothers as yes. a writing team. And yeah, they sent that over. And you know Mike goes in, right? Yes. He kills. And he demoed that. And when I, when I played it in the house, I was just like, oh my gosh. It was be- between that and another record they sent, I had a hard time. But I was like, Serenade is all love. You know? Yes. And it's good. It's kind of like a, the 2021 version of Cater to You. <laughs> of what? Of Cater to You. Right. Yes. And you, you know what else that reminded me of the other day? Is This just hit me. So I always, when I'm, when I'm describing Serenade to people, I'm like, it's like my 90s R&B, yes. you know, vibe song. Is it gives me, do you know Jodeci's uh, Freaking You? Yes, yes, definitely. And when it starts off, think about how that beat drops when the song comes in and it goes, yeah. Every time I close my, and it's like, baby, look deep into my eyes. I can see that. <laughs> no, definitely. Definitely. I feel like that. that's like, that's, like you guys didn't do well if you guys did do records like that and Sophia Fresh they, de- they definitely wasn't released. Uh, <laughs> they didn't hit the same. Yeah. But um like I feel like that's like that song was just meant for your voice and it's just perfect like it, really? Yes. Oh, 
thank you, Terry. That means a lot. I feel that way because it was a lot of belting in that song, and I don't always feel free to do that with a lot of you know modern day records. So I felt like, okay, this would be my best possible time to really sing out. Mm -hmm. But to hear that it translates. So I have a question for you because I remember last year sometime. It was during the pandemic. I remember um, I was at Sky's house. And we we're playing records, and she was like singing. Sing. I said, "Oh, bitch, you can sing, sing." <laughs> and like, like I knew you yeah. could sing, but I'm like, I didn't know y'all like y'all can sing, sing. But um, but she was was saying that like she never did any of that because she felt that that's what, no one wanted to hear that. Right. And, and do you and struggle when with I that? Tell you Sky can sing, sing. What was that? I said, when I tell you Sky can sing, sing. Mm -hmm. Ugh. She's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I definitely uh, dealt with that. I had no idea that she felt that way at the time, though, um, because the girl can go. She sounds good whether she's, like, sing, belting out or she's just, you know, doing solo tone. Mm. She's insane. But, yeah, I definitely dealt with that because I joined the group, you know, much later than Sky yeah. and Cole. And so there was already a sound established. And so in a lot of ways, I felt like I was just kind of feeling shoes of the girl that came before me. Yes. Like I felt like I needed to go to where she was. And when I listened to some of those earlier records, I'm like, <laughs> I was so lost. I could tell I was I was shrinking. I could hear that uh -huh. on the record. I could he hear that. I was like, mm -hmm. I think there was like um a song in the club we did on the Disney soundtrack. And I was just trying to sound, you know, like what came before me mm -hmm. and never felt really that open to just, no, like sing with your full voice, Crystal. This is what you're here for. You had to audition for this yeah. position too. And yeah, it was, it was, it was very difficult to do that. But I think eventually we all kind of gelled and, and found our place. But again, the records still aren't the same as probably records that Scott would maybe choose for herself or I would choose for exactly. myself. Exactly. So do you feel, do you feel that you had, like you have to hold to a certain standard still, or do you feel that, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and, you know, and go out? To a certain degree. I think, I think you'd be... Okay, there was this moment where I, I really realized, you know, what what needed to happen. And um, so after I recorded the EP, I played it for some DJ friends of mine from KMEL, which is the uh, hip hop station in San Francisco. And they were into it, but they didn't hear it as like radio. And the reason why is it, they, a lot of the records didn't sound like what was on the radio. And I yeah. had to tell myself in that moment, you going to be okay with this or not? You know, so... Are you doing this? Are you going into this saying, I want to do what the people want to hear? Or are you going into this saying, you know, I want to do what God put on my heart to do and he'll bring the people. That's not yeah. up to me. I'm not chasing fame. I just really just want to do what God created me to do, which is just saying, you know, yeah. I don't want to overthink it. Um, I, I think the people will come, you know, my Terry's will come, <laughs> you know, who will hear records and say, I got to hear that twice in a row. Like that does that does my heart so good. You know, that that makes me want to go record an album right now. <laughs> so, yeah, you do feel like in some ways I need to be relevant. You hear that thing in the back of your head. And it's like, but that's that's not me. You yeah. Know? So and, and so I have a question, too, just for the people that feel like giving up. So I'm going to tell the story. So I've worked in the music industry and I never really like I got my foot in the door and I like was just really trying to get in there. I've worked with, you know, K. Michelle and Tamale and certain people and I've helped, you know, and I've met like 
you guys through all of this and the process of trying to get in there because, you know, I really thought at that time that that's what I really, really wanted to do. Like, I wanted to work in the music industry or something in record exec or something. Like, I'm all about music. I've met, like, so many people from, like, other girl groups like Melrose with the Keely and Myla um, and uh, Lindriette from the Rich Girl. Now she's in... um, Um. June's Diary. Love June's Diary. Met them. So good. Yes. Yes, yes. Love June's Diary. Um, I'm supposed to have her and her husband on one of these podcasts soon. Um, I'm tuning in. Yes. Um, But um, it just didn't happen for me. So I'm just like, okay, maybe this isn't what, what I'm supposed to do, which is why I went to school for life coaching and everything. And I remember Timel wanted me to help with some stuff. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it no more. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so then I wanted yeah. to do this, the magazine that I had did with you. Um, and yes. that happened. And then the week later, I you know, like maybe like two weeks later, I did one with Sky, took pictures or whatever, but they, I never released the pictures or anything like that. And mm-hmm. then she wanted me basically to like help her with, you know, career stuff or whatever. And I'm just like, dang, like, okay. Like, oh yeah, you could be my creative director, you know, help me with stuff. And I'm just like. Okay, God, like, you know, like, I'm trying to give up, but you're telling me that, like, maybe I'm not supposed to give up, you know, like, maybe I'm supposed to just transition differently into the realm of this. So with with you, with, you know, the whole disbanding of Sophia Fresh and it not going out, did you ever, did you know that you weren't giving up or did you feel that, like, you know, I'm going to just do, you know, something else? I. I knew that there were no other options. I just didn't know if I had the, um, there was no other option uh, but to sing. But I, di- I didn't know if I was up for the the grind, to be honest. Not, mm-hmm. not the actual work, the recording of the songs and, you know, shopping records and all that kind of stuff. But the wear and tear that the industry, you know, puts it's on. a lot. Because there is a lot of, ugh mixed messages mm-hmm. and um it's it's taxing on you i mean I, I bet if you've been having conversations with sky she can tell you too because she was signed to another label before we signed to atlantic mm-hmm. and it's a lot it's a whole lot and you only get about five percent of the time you get to do what you like to do yeah and we would be you know touring and whatnot when we hit that stage it was always very apparent like Oh yeah, I'm made to do this. I'm go. I'm not going nowhere. And then you get off that stage and you start to deal with the paperwork and you deal with you know some of the other you know unsavory things dealing with labels and you're like, uh, God, I'm not made for this, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's really weird. Um, <laughs> this is a corny story, but when I was a kid, right, I wanted to play softball. Everybody was playing softball this summer. My sister, my cousin, everyone, right. I went to play softball, I tried out for the team. They knew I kind of sucked, but my sister was awesome. So they took me in <laughs> and um, I sucked horribly, like <laughs> horribly. And I was the most practiced person I know. Like I would throw the ball on the top of the roof of my parents' house, knocked all the shingles off. That's how much I would rehearse, you know, and practice over and over. Still uh, never hit a ball. Eventually just sat on the bench the whole time. And uh, it's a funny story that I always bring up with my parents. I'm like, why did you guys like keep on, you know, pushing me, even though I suck? Why was nobody just like, all right, you might want to sit this one out. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, look at you, you know, now 
at that time, that was when I was on the Houston Texans. And it was like, I guess you were just supposed to be like on right there on the sidelines cheering, cheering. the team. Uh. <laughs> and maybe not. And that was just, you know, they didn't mean that like verbatim, but I think we do have these loves and sometimes it's going to be related to what we think we want. Yeah. Right. It's going to be closely related. I think about voiceover work and how I, at one point in time wanted to do that. And it came full circle yeah. once I got into music and was like, wow, it's related. I think those desires are always going to be related. And, and you know, like the Bible says, God knows the desires of our hearts. So it's, it's up to him to figure out how to make those things connect. I believe you have such a love for music that you will absolutely be involved in it. And um, you know, I, I actually, it's funny that you say that, like, because it's just resonating with me right now that like, so I wanted to eat, have a talk show. Like I always wanted to that. I remember I made this video. I need to take it down. I keep uh -huh. saying I need to take it down before people see it because it's really bad um, before I get canceled. Because, you know, we in cancel culture right now. <laughs> but um, but anyways, um, I was saying that I wanted to have a show and everything. And then like this was around the time I met all of you guys and all this stuff ha happened. And like now fast forward to today, like I, it, it's related. I have you on this show right now. We're playing yes. your songs. So I'm still in a sense helping the music industry and the artists, which I want to do as well as having a show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, it's so related. Yeah. And you get to do it on your own terms. It, 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 yes. Cool. And it, it's funny because um, one, and it's funny because like I've gotten no's from certain, not, not the artists per se, because you send it to the email and then their managers are answer yes. for them. So when Samo said yes, because I did one with him a couple weeks ago, I, and, and it's funny because I spoke that into existence and I was like on one of the early podcasts in January, I was like, yeah, my dream artist to have on there is Samo. And then when uh -huh. I finally sent it out and his manager's like, yeah, he, he said he wants to do it. And I'm like, what really? And so we did it, and I'm like in shocked and awe because like I spoke this into existence not even three months prior, like earlier to this. So I'm like, okay, Randy's next. <laughs> I'm doing yes. Brandy, yes. So um, yes. and then um, Tony Dixon already agreed to do it, so I'm, I'm probably gonna be doing him next month sometime. Oh um, my gosh, I'm Tony. Yes, yeah, so I know it's good. Like you know, so I'm just like. All these things are coming, but like I'm having to learn, and I don't know if you've experienced this with the successes that you have had to enjoy them in the moment. Because I feel like yes. it's hard sometimes. Yeah, because you're always trying to go somewhere where you're not. We're yeah. always trying to go somewhere we're not currently in. And we always look back and go, man, remember that time yeah. I did this? Or you gotta like go through old like photos and it, it tells a story for you like, wow, I didn't even realize what was happening here. Yeah. So it's it's so true. You're doing it though. You're Thank absolutely you. doing it. So I asked, what what's next for Crystal Tamar? And it's Tamar, not Tamar people. You know, because you know they're going to say it wrong. Shout out to Tamar, though. But. Yeah, shout out to Tamar, though. Um, what's next? So uh, COVID kind of set us back a little bit so far as, um, you know, releasing singles and working the album. My next objective is performances uh, to pick up where I left off from last year. Um, have some music festival shows um, on my calendar. And I'm really looking forward to performing. Like I was telling you, that's one of my favorite parts is assembling a stage and a show and a whole, you know, 
transitions and live bands and background singers and like that stuff kind of infuses me. I think it would complete the process of Crystal Tamar becoming who she is because I'll learn so much about myself, you know, in the process and so much more about the business about, wow, I did it. No, I, I put the, I put the video together myself, you know, I did the treatment. Okay. Now I did a show, you know, so that's what's next on my list is um, performing and working the album, working the singles, and uh, just cra- better crafting my my performance element of Crystal tomorrow. And then we'll see what happens after that. Perfect, perfect. And have you thought, I gave this idea to Samuel too, um, and he just did one recently, but uh, a live show for, I mean, because, yeah, we're still, we're about to exit out of the pandemic. However... Um, there's still going to be people that can't go to concerts or don't want to or are afraid to or whatever. Are you have you thought of doing a show where people can you know get tickets to or stream it or something? And I believe you did one. Absolutely. Did one not too long ago on Facebook, right? Yes. Yeah, I was, was a really good like bummed. Uh, I missed it. Run. I was I was a little upset oh, about that. Okay. <laughs> I'll send you the playback on it. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I was like, dang, I, I don't. I just know I wasn't home. That's the only reason why I didn't see it. And I seen it. I was like, damn. And I'm like, because it, did you, I looked at the time and dumb me was thinking Eastern or Pacific Standard Time, not Eastern Standard Time. So it just, it threw me off. <laughs> I do that all yeah. the time. No, you're totally fine. I'll send you the link to it. There was two uh, during COVID. There was one I just did on my own because I wanted to try to get a feel for what yeah. it's like doing a stay at home concert. I did just one song and then I did one with the Houston Chronicle that was like multiple songs, like three or four songs. Mm. And yeah, like I love that stuff. First off, I'm an introvert. I really, <laughs> if I can stay at home in my pajamas <laughs> or with, with pajamas from the waist down and, you know, suede <laughs> uh, from the waist up, I'm all, I am not, I'm not against that. And, and some artists are getting super creative by going in studios and still doing a, a stay at home concert. Yeah. But, you know, in a isolated space where you could actually send out a link. And I think if that's work that works for people, if that's where we're headed, if that's where we are, let's do it. That's, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the podcast and having you on. It's uh, been my pleasure. Um, I'm excited for people to hear this and to really, you know, listen to your music more and just, you know, and I, and I, I'm an impatient person. Maybe that's going off of, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, horoscopes and stuff. Maybe that's the Aries in me, uh, <laughs> but I'm already ready for the next project. <laughs> oh, I love it. You pumped me up to do this one. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. It, 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 no, it was a I'm long just, time like coming. people were telling you to do the podcast? Yes. You were like, come on, what are we doing with this album? I'm like, you're right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really just excited. And is there any, and I asked this, are there any records that you had already recorded that didn't make the project that you're like, man, maybe I should have put that on there? Oh, yes. What was this record called? And then any thoughts of re-releasing? Because, you know, everything happened with the pandemic. Is there any thoughts of just re-releasing the project, maybe even adding a song or a cover or something of the such? That's actually a really, really good idea. I thought about uh, re-releasing it in a in a live form. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, like, you know, performing it live and then releasing it that way, that might be a really good idea to do. And, um, yeah, there was one record in particular where I was 
trying to get my writing chops up on this record and it was actually a bangladesh record Ooh. so the beat was like oh, 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 oh. and i was like give me that song <laughs> and he, they were his manager was like i knew you were gonna pick that one because you just like those those heavy beats and man i tried recording that record so many times but there was it had a kind of weird hook about it that was hard to write over i brought some other writers in to do it and we just couldn't couldn't get the right kind of hook for it i think that record is worth revisiting okay. and just saying okay let, let's try this again because it was it was another kind of like you gonna love me you know banger okay trophy girl that's what it was called it's called oh. trophy girl and oh it was just so much fun. I have to send it to you because I, I think, uh, I think we had so many conversations about Sophia Fresh records. Yes, there were so many. Uh, you would have heard it. Like I, like it's funny though, because like when I played the intro and I'm like, okay, I really want to play this record. I was like, but ain't nobody got this record. Ain't nobody heard this record. Like I can't. Like I'm trying to remind them who you are. Like I was like, no one's heard this record, but this was a good one. Like your, all of your best music was never released. Uh, it's so like that was good stuff wasn't it yes like really good and it's really it's sad that they did you guys such a disservice i feel the same way about rich girl and even um melrose um what happened with them but i'll tell you that off the podcast i'm not trying to put their business out on there <laughs> but um but yeah i just want to again thank you so much for coming on the podcast uh let the people know where they can get you and what they can find out now i know the video has just came out for uh serenade and give them the deeds absolutely so you can find me at crystaltamar.com that's crystal spelled traditionally t-a-m-a-r.com and from there you can find all my socials which is it's clearest crystal on instagram crystal tamar on twitter and facebook um, we just released the third single, Serenade, that, that you all just heard. And next week, we're actually releasing the video on Thursday. We're doing a behind-the-scenes video release on Monday. And one really cool thing that's happening that I want you guys to know is in honor of Black Music Appreciation Month and Serenade's release, we're doing a live show next week, every day of the week. So Monday through Friday, we're doing a, so, a show talking about the best song duets. So it's a live show with guests and we're talking about the best R&B song duets of all time. So we've, we've created this list of our favorite songs mm. and we want to talk to the people and be like, oh, where were you in your life? You know, when this song came out or what songs did we miss on our list? You know, just what's just one of your favorite duet songs? Oh my gosh. Okay. Of the 90s. We'll, we'll do that uh, to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> yes. I want to hear yours too because I bet you got your R&B head yes. too. I really want to hear yours. Um, Deborah Cox and RL. I was going to say that. That was my first one I was going to say. Really? Yes. That was the first one I was going to say. Like, <laughs> what's better than that? I'm yeah. Think of what's, I have like, other good ones, but like, what's better than that? You got Eric Benet and Tamia. That's yes. awesome. Um. Oh, we had some now. unsung heroes who didn't make the list, like uh, Brandy and Wanye. Yeah, hearted. That was epic. Mariah Carey and was it Joe? Yes, they did a record together. Yes, we did make it last forever. Yeah, yes. And oh gosh, the list. Go Once I started making this list, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a thing. Mm -hmm. And like, I love uh, 
let me get the name of the so is it so so emotional? I felt like it was the remix. I, I believe it's called "Can't Believe" with Faith Evans and Carl Thomas. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a good record. Oh look, we need to redo the list. <laughs> Terry, you need to tune in. No, I definitely and will. Say that. Definitely will. Tell us. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, how could I forget that one? <laughs> but yeah, you would really appreciate uh, shows like this. It's going to be some of the uh, journalists who work with um, these artists and have done some epic oh, that's awesome. interviews and have some great stories about some of these records. So oh, that's awesome. You really got it. Well, again, thank you again for joining. People follow Crystal and get her project now it's out on all streaming platforms whether it's spotify apple music it's self-titled crystal tamar and yeah just get into it and we are out and that's all we have for you today i hope you enjoyed yourself on this episode of Create Your Own Story with Terrell Garnett. We'll catch you next time.